I'm Emily Hirsch, and this is the Hirsch Marketing Underground Podcast. Attention innovators, influencers, creators, and game-changing entrepreneurs, your internet domination begins right here. We are the powerhouse marketers that you've been looking for. You're already making waves in your industry, and we're here to help amplify those waves of change by creating a connection that cuts through the noise. We take everything you've built inside your zone of genius and find its audience. With killer strategy and laser eye for impact, we launch multi-million dollar campaigns and skyrocket your reach online. And now we are doing the unheard of. We're unveiling everything we've learned, taking you behind the scenes with the Hirsch Marketing Team and giving away the secrets to our clients' success. Stay tuned for top converting strategy, ROI reports, and insider knowledge that you won't find anywhere else. You're changing the world and we're the team to help. Hello, everybody. Happy Tuesday. Welcome back to the podcast. I hope you guys are having a good holiday season. I know all my Christmas stuff is up and our lights and I just love it. Like it just feels so cozy. I wish sometimes we lived somewhere where there was just like a little bit of snow, not enough to be a pain. (laughs) Those of you in like the Midwest are probably like, no, you don't. But just a little bit of snow would be fun. It gets cold in Austin, Texas, but nothing like snow. I mean, it does get, it gets like 30 in the morning. It's cold, (laughs) but I'm enjoying, I am so enjoying the cold weather winter Christmas lights right now Um, and I'm excited about this episode because it was fun kind of putting this together. I sat down and reflected for a good amount of time um, where I want to share with you guys the business lessons, the seven business lessons I learned in 2020 and you always like think that you know all these you know like it's in your head and you know it and then when you actually sit down to write it out it it allows you to reflect even deeper than you may have otherwise so I enjoyed kind of planning for this episode for you guys and hopefully you get value learning from the lessons I learned from this year um, overall 2020 was quite a crazy year for I know many of us and I can't believe we're here at the end of the year after <laughs> feels like I can just yesterday going into the pandemic and and everything and um, you know on a personal level this has been a really amazing year for me and I'm very grateful for that. I am definitely in the best shape of my life. My relationships are in the best place they've ever been. I'm happier than ever been before and just more grounded and confident and happy in who I am and and my life and grateful and and as a mom and as a wife and my business grew this year Um, I think our team right now is the best it's ever been for sure I'm just amazed every day at the people who work on Team Hirsch and contribute for our clients for our students internally on all our projects we just work with I, I mean I get to work with such brilliant brilliant people and it feels like This year was a lot of reaping the benefits of the hard work of last year. Last year was not the easiest year. Um, There was a lot of stress and it was harder in terms of business. And then we bought our house. That was a stressful process. I was super pregnant, all those things. So I'm really grateful for 2020. I'm really excited for 2021. I think that in a lot of ways there's been, and, and a lot of people have said this to me too, like in 2020 you would have thought it was, a really bad year, but a lot of people actually had a lot of positive things that have come out of the pandemic. And so um, I'm really grateful for that because I know it could be different and it could have played out different for our company. So let's dive into the lessons I learned in 2020. All right, lesson number one 
is that you can never do enough refinement of your processes. And this is probably heavily specific to my business because I think a, an agency and a service business is you know, 90% process and then everything else falls in that 10%. But, you know, I always think, okay, now we've got it. We've got the SOPs where they need to be. We have, you know, this, whatever it is, where where it needs to be and, and we'll be good. And I've definitely learned this year um, in actually creating like a quarterly audit where we go back and look at specific things about every quarter. That seems to be the sweet spot. So for us and in my business, those big major uh, things are our team training, our hiring and recruiting process, our, our client onboarding every quarter. We've got something improving that. Um, our weekly reporting that we send clients, um, our team meeting structures, like all of these things that you, you, you think you have it and then there's always room for improvement. There's always constant room for improvement. So instead of waiting until it's, there's a fire or things are falling apart, this year's become in a, in a year where we become very proactive with it. So we, we literally do have like a quarterly audit checklist where we go back through and look at all these major things and then we create monthly goals and projects based off of them. So we're always looking at it and trying to stay proactive so that we don't get to a place where it's like way, you know, hasn't been updated in six months or eight months and it's broken and people are stressed and it's not working like we don't want to get to that place and so I've definitely learned this year that you can never do enough refinement of your process there will always be something that needs to be updated and process is something that you should continually put effort into in your business it's not super sexy and fun and exciting to put effort into your process but it's extremely necessary and it will improve everything and so just as much effort you put into like your sales and marketing and going and finding new customers, I believe you need to also put into your actual delivery and the process behind the scenes of how are you building your team? How are they delivering to your customers? How do you improve that and constantly build on that so that it's the best? So I knew that going into 2020, but I think this year we, like I said, became a lot more proactive with it instead of reactive, like, oh, here, there's a problem over here. Let's go focus on this and kind of ignore all of these other things. Um, But we focus on everything in a, a more proactive way to try and avoid the fires. The second thing that I definitely learned this year that I would have said I had down going into 2020 but realized I did not is being more specific with our goals and our planning. So we kind of got into this rut where in 2019, I think our goals, like we set quarterly goals and we set monthly goals and they got really general. So we have this document called the waterfall, which is inspired by Alex Sharfin's process that I've been using for like three years. Um, and this is what we do all our planning with. And so we started doing this thing with our quarterly planning and didn't even realize that we did it where we just kind of categorized the sections of the business, but we didn't have very clear goals. So we, for example, we had a goal for our hiring that was just like improve our, I think it was like improve our hiring processes or something. You can't cross that off, right? Like how do you, how do you, my perspective of improve our hiring is going to be different than a team member's perspective and somebody else who understands that. So that's not a goal that I can actually say like, yep, we accomplished that. Or we'd have a goal that's like, um, improve our social media or grow our social media or we had um 
update our our ads team processes like that's one that we did a lot we did that like every quarter we just had it continually carry over and then anything that we thought like fell under my director of operations of the ads team plate we would put under that quarterly goal but that's not really a quarterly goal that we can say we got to cross off we accomplished it or we didn't accomplish it so we I didn't even realize we were doing this until I actually had a conversation with Alex and he's like these are not goals that you can actually cross off. Like you've kind of gotten in this habit of just kind of categorizing like the sections of your business and then putting, you know, monthly to do's under them, which is not the point. So we got really specific with our goals. And so, for example, that one of like updating our onboarding uh, or sorry, updating our ads managers process became maintain a 90% or above client retention rate. And now that's something that we track every quarter, every month. And it's like a goal that the team knows every day actually on our huddle where we stand with that retention rate. And then we always have improvement, like I said, to client onboarding, which we never had like a goal for that, that we could actually say we crossed off. And so now we send out a satisfaction survey after a client's onboarded where they rate their satisfaction um, between one and five, and our goal is to maintain a four and above. And so that's a metric now that we measure. So if we set the quarterly goal and we say, our goal is to maintain a four and above satisfaction survey, we can actually say, did we do that or not last quarter? And so we got a lot more specific on our goals so that there was no question for myself, for my team, for everybody, on what was a what was a yes we did that and what wasn't and and what counted and did we accomplish that and where did we miss the mark and why and this was something like I said going into 2020 I was like I thought I had my planning in place but then I realized really about halfway through the years when we changed it's been two quarters that we've done this a lot better where we we took a step back and made sure every single goal and thing that ended up on that waterfall quarterly and monthly was you could not confuse was it accomplished or not? And that goal was very clear. And so now we have goals from the internal side. I feel like that's where it's harder to set. Like it's easier to set a marketing goal and say like sign 10 new clients or sell a hundred courses, but it's harder to do it on the delivery side. So when you actually have a product or a service, um, where you're delivering, how do you create a goal and a metric that you can say, yeah, we we crossed it off or we didn't cross it off. So definitely got better at being more specific with goals. The third lesson is being way more direct with my communication and expectations. And this was a this was a big one. So I definitely learned this year how much I assume people know what I'm thinking. (laughs) And again, going into this year, I wouldn't have said I was doing this. I would have been like, I'm pretty specific with my expectations. I'm pretty clear. But there was a few times that I really, like it really hit me in the face and I realized I wasn't giving either enough clarity around expectations and details in my communication. And I was assuming like, well, why wouldn't somebody think like that's obvious? Do you ever have those moments where you're like, it's especially with a team where where you're like, I can't even believe they didn't do that. Like, why wouldn't you do it this way? And that, you know, isn't that obvious? And then they have like a completely different way that they're doing it. And it's not necessarily wrong, but it's not meeting your expectations. But then you realize you never clarified your expectations. And so a lot of times like this, 
this year what I realized is I am not clear enough and specific enough in my expectations and not just me like uh, as a company so some things that we did here was we created so for every position that we have now and especially ads manager because that's like for my business our number one we have that's half my team is ads managers. So we have a document that's like very, very specific where you should be after 30 days at the company, where you should be after 60 days, after 90 days. Nobody can be confused. And we actually also have a process where we go back to that throughout their 90 days and almost like check it off for them. Like, have you accomplished this? Are you doing well with this? What could you improve here? And so being that specific and which means, you know, exactly how we expect them to be able to optimize ads, exactly how we expect them to show up with strategy on client calls. And then moving that over to internal positions, I did that for our marketing team. I did that for our HR manager, very, very specific. And then when new things come up, like let's say there's a new project or a new initiative, or I want things done differently or better, I'm very specific with the way that I say things. Because for example, you could say something along the lines of build that funnel to your marketing team of I want a webinar funnel and here's like the overview of the strategy, but there's a lot of room for misinterpretation with that. What's the design you like? What are the details of the strategy? Like what are the elements you want on the thank you page? And you, whether it's you or it's somebody who manages your marketing team, if you have a marketing manager or director, have to be specific with that. And so, I definitely learned and I think I did a whole podcast episode of this probably in the beginning of 2020 where I had a big epiphany about how much more specific I could be in my communication and how we basically have to assume, especially when a new team member comes on, that they have no idea what you're thinking. There is common sense, but some, you know, like of course there's common sense with what to do, but especially around communication and, and how to set up projects and how to implement things and how to communicate with clients, there's a lot of room for interpretation for different people based on their experience, what they did at their past jobs, what they've done in their life, like what, you know, what they value versus they don't value their personality type, it's going to change a lot of things. And so you as the leader, whether, like I said, you're a manager leading a team or you're the CEO with your direct reports, need to be extremely specific with your communication. And probably there's always room for you to be more specific. Like that's what I've found. Um, because sometimes I actually get to a place where I'm like, I'm actually not even clear what I want. Like I, I have this big you know, we're very good at the the big vision, the big picture, and then like those little details we're not as good at. And so sometimes walking through that process, you realize like, I'm actually not even clear on the expectations. And if I'm not clear on the expectations, how is my team member gonna be clear on those expectations? So I've worked a lot on that this year. Um, Okay, my fourth lesson is the importance of saying no. And for me, this is specific to wrong fit clients or, even trying to cater to certain audiences or people in my marketing messaging. And I this is again like something that I know, but something I learned to do better this year and get even more clear. And there's going to be a lot of no's. When you get very clear about who you're working with and who you're not working with, and you don't bend on that, because I will be honest, it's not easy to not bend on that. Like, 
you want to make, you want to have sales, you want to sell clients, you want to have customers. And, and it's easy, like if you sell a digital course, for example, it's really easy for you to just kind of bend and be like, how, like, we'll just like start letting that group of people in and that group. And, and, but you know, like your, your content is not necessarily made for them. And Again, something I knew, something we really refined because this year we worked very hard on our sales system. So we redid like our application, our our, pay, our apply page, all of that got redone this year to be very direct. If you've ever gone through our application, um, you know, we're like, this is how much you have to have to invest. This is where you have to be in your business. And I didn't do that necessarily before because I was afraid of losing people who maybe were on the edge. But really what happens is you do that and you end up attracting way more of the right fit people because you're so clear on who it is you're trying to attract and you're so clear on who it is you're not trying to attract. And so this year we spent a lot of time honestly making sure that we could weed out the people who who we can't serve like it doesn't serve them to get on a call with our team if they're not if their business is not ready and for us that means you have to have an offer or a product that you're selling and you have to know who your ideal customer is if you don't have those two things then you're not ready for marketing strategy and ads because you have to create a marketing strategy around those two things and so for us those were the two main things to even be ready for our course for ignite for our done with you program um, and so we got very specific with that in our application, very direct with that on our application page. And I really removed the fear of being too strong and direct with that. And it's done a lot of amazing things uh, for our business, for our close rate on those calls, for bringing in the right fit clients. Um, I spent the good half of the first year with Andra on my team really refining this. And it's something we continually look at and how do we say no more, even if it's not a direct no on like an actual call or a sale, but even in our messaging, our copy on our page, on our website, on our application page, in our application itself, we are saying no and declining people frequently. Um, but actually what's interesting is most people don't even get through the application um, and get declined because they already know from the sales page and the, and the application questions. Okay, uh, the fifth lesson I learned is that going to your recruiting, your hiring, and your training of new team members solves the majority of team struggles. Like most of the problems can be found there. So if you have struggles, which I I did struggle, especially in early 2019, with some team churn, and I've talked about it very openly. Um, you know, I've never built a team before. This is like going into year four, and I've learned a ton. And that's why I say right now, our team is the best it's ever been because I've learned what I need to learn to get to where I am today. And it's interesting because I see a lot of behind the scenes of businesses, and I would say a massive percentage of problems that other businesses and entrepreneurs face comes down to leaderships and their teams and the support they have around them. Um, and, you know, it's it's very hard. It's something you should constantly be working on. But one thing I learned this year and have resolved our team churn massively is that going to your recruiting and your hiring and your training process and really like combing through that, looking at that deeper figuring out how you can fix it, you can make it more clear, clarifying those expectations, clarifying the exact personality and person that you want on your team, all of those, like that will solve it once they get on your team. 
And I don't think that we necessarily put enough effort into that unknowingly um, last year. And this year, I mean, we have, it's pretty crazy for the ads manager position because we hire that and then we usually promote from within in that position. So we're pretty much always hiring ads managers because when I, when we promote to a different position, we, we want to pull from our ads managers. That's what's most successful for us. And so we've treated that almost like a marketing. We have a sales letter for our job post, for our application. We have an ideal candidate persona, like entire Google doc that we created, just like you would an ideal customer avatar description, basically. So we have that for ads managers. I interviewed all of our ads managers this year at the beginning of the year, because I was trying to just like I would my avatar. I was trying to get to know them better to really understand like what makes a successful ads manager. And we know their disc profile, like we have done in-depth research. And then also, so that's on the recruiting and hiring side, but then also we really looked deep at our training and that became something that we update pretty much on a quarterly basis. So we're constantly looking for where are their gaps in, you know, places people are coming through that they're still confused, that expectations are not clear. We fixed a lot of that and it massively improved. Um, We basically don't have team churn right now and we have amazing people on the team and we've done so many promotions this year um, because of the amazing people so for me like if you're if you have team struggles if you have team churn issues if you feel like you have team members who aren't the right fit or they're quitting or you're having to fire them going to your recruiting and your hiring and your training and like really critically looking at that will most likely resolve your problems okay my sixth business lesson is that messaging is a constant improvement and and work, basically. Um, There's always, always room to improve your messaging. This year, we have gone deep in our marketing from our website to our social media, to our sales funnels, to our ad copy, to anytime I did a live series or a live launch or a training in nailing the messaging. Speaking like I was saying with saying no, speaking directly to our audience and repelling the people who are not our audience. I am have gotten very direct, very clear with who they are and who I can really help and serve and constantly refine that messaging. I interviewed at least 20 of our Ignite students this year and just asked them a bunch of questions so that I could understand what their struggles were, what their frustrations were, um, you know, what their dreams were. And we take all the time from those interviews, exact, you know, words that they have said. Andra, who talks on the phone with several potential Ignite students and clients every single day, we talk constantly and she supports me constantly with messaging so that I can speak better to our audience on my webinars, in my emails, in my social media, on our sales funnels. And you're never going to master it because you're constantly going to be getting intel from whether your customers, your audience, potential customers, you're constantly getting intel about questions they're asking, objections they might have, conversations they're having. And so paying attention to that intel is critical. And this is where, you know, really focusing on one strategy and one funnel and one core offer really goes a long way because it allows you to go deep with these type of things, with your messaging, with your strategy, talking to that ideal audience. And so, you know, again, I knew this going into 2020, but we had a lot of work to do in updating our messaging and getting more specific with our messaging and really taking it to the next level and a huge percentage of the efforts and work that I've put into messaging has 
or into my my marketing this year is all messaging is really all constant strategy around messaging it's it's so critical and key okay my seventh business lesson is that self-care is non-negotiable for a ceo and i think you guys will love this one it's not you know a direct you know business strategy or thing that i learned but i had a baby this year and there was definitely like a, a period a couple of months in going after that between the pandemic and getting ready for a live launch and having a newborn that my self-care started to slip uh for a few months be- just mostly because i couldn't even leave you know i was nursing my baby and he needed to be fed every two hours and so i stopped getting my massages i stopped going to acupuncture you know some days i'd skip my walk and I'd work late, like I never work after four really. And I'd start, you know, I'd get back on the computer after the kids were in bed. And I just started like picking up those habits again. And here's what I have realized in the last couple of months. And this was a massive epiphany for me towards the end of this year, because right now I've been doing the hard 75 challenge and I'm truly in the best shape of my life and my self-care. You know, I have three kids, I have a business. It is, comes before my business like because if I don't take care of myself I cannot show up as a mom I cannot show up as a wife and I can't show up as a leader in the best way possible so it's become a non-negotiable and as a result every time I go back to that my business grows my life's better my business grows it feels easier and it has to be a non-negotiable it has to be scheduled in your calendar you do not change it like you do not let it slide and so For me, one thing I realized is I did this exercise um, like a month ago, probably, where I, I wrote down if I when I have a $10 million business, this is the person I will be. And I wrote down like all the things that that I would how I would show up basically if I when I have a $10 million business, this is how I'm gonna show up. And the the concept behind that is I think and I believe we have to start showing up as if we already have that. $10 million business, or maybe for you, it's a 1 million or a 2 million or $3 million business or a six figure business, whatever your goal is, ask yourself, how would I show up when I have that? And then make a list. Like what, what would you do different if you had that? And see if you're not doing those things today, because I truly believe that you have to start doing those things and then the goal will come true. And so one of those things, when I did that exercise that I wrote down is I said, self-care would be a non-negotiable. If I had a $10 million business, when I have a $10 million business, I know self-care will be non-negotiable because I won't be able to handle the stress and just all of that comes with the bigger business you have, the more protection you need from the day-to-day and things that happen. Um, And so I knew self-care would be a non-negotiable. I also wrote down, I would delegate like crazy. And there was a, a period like I took back over marketing. I was stepping in. I was getting back into this habit where I was like, I'll just do this thing. I'll just step back in here. And I almost had to rebuild some foundations in my business. And so when I did that exercise, I realized like the places that I was maybe incongruent with where I was going in my business. So if you haven't done something like that, I loved that exercise. Um, I kind of just made it up after I read this book about basically you have to start acting. I forget what book it was. It was a sales book and that he was talking about um, how you have to start acting like you, the person that you want to become before you become them. And I know Brooke Castillo talks about this a lot too. Like before she had a million dollar business, she talks about how she just acted like she already had one. It was just, it was done. She was going to have it. And so I think that 
partly I felt a little bit stuck at 3 million for the last year because we went below that and then back up to it and we're like about there right now. Um, Just maybe just a little bit higher, but it just like felt like this place. And one thing I started thinking about is like, I think it's me. I don't think it's necessarily like my strategy or anything that we're doing wrong as a company. I think it's that I am not the leader, especially last year, I was not the leader that I needed to be in order to have that $10 million company or even $5 million company. And so I wrote down everything I'm gonna, I do now, how I act, how I show up as a leader, as a mom, as a person, as if I already have that $10 million company. And instead of getting stuck in in the fears of not having it or acting just like, oh, well, you know, this is where I am and and acting as if you're at that level. So I think that could be really powerful for you guys. Um, And so one of those major things that I definitely learned this year is that no matter what, no matter what, self-care is non-negotiable because there will always be something in your business where you could push it off. You could say, when I hire that person, when I launch that funnel, when I finish that product, when I complete my webinar, after my live launch, then I will, like how many times have we done that? I do that all the time. Like, oh, once I hire my marketing manager, once that person gets into that role on my team, then it will get better. But it's not, It's there's always gonna be something. And so part of your growth as a leader is just realizing that and, you know, especially if you're at seven figures, because below below that, like there's there's a line of hustling that you have to do and you do have to not ne- not neglect your self-care, but you, you need to hustle. And then at seven figures, that kind of s- switches where you can't keep hustling because it's not sustainable. You have to build something sustainable. And that's going to continue on. And I'm, you know, I've made it to 3 million. I'm going to 10 uh, plus, but 10 is my, my big goal right now where I'm very focused on what we have to do to get there and who I need to be. And so there's always going to be something. And if you use that as an excuse, you'll constantly have that as an excuse. And at some point you have to draw the line and just say, no, like, sorry, this is non-negotiable. This is number one. And it's a, it's a mental thing. It's a mindset because you can choose that or you can choose not to do it. And that's the fact. Like you're either choosing self-care or you're not choosing self-care. You're choosing to be a better leader or you're not because you're you're reacting and you're putting yourself into a stressful situation. You don't have to do that. That's a choice. So those are my seven business lessons for 2020. I hope you guys enjoyed that. And I do want to mention that right now we are promoting our next podcast secret series that I am so excited about. It actually launches next week. So to register for it, you can go to 2021marketingplan.com. And this series is essentially going to be a three-part podcast series with a private pop-up Facebook group where I'll be doing some bonus Q&As. It will be launching next week in a week, the first episode drops. And the, the ultimate result result from it is I think so many people right now plan their goals. They have this like revenue goal. They kind of know what they're doing going into 2021. We're all in that energy of like, let's hit our goals. Let's reset. Let's do this. But then they don't have that like blueprint and that custom, you know, paint by number exact strategy that they're going to go implement. And so through this series, what I'm going to do is help you guys first make sure we have very clear goals set that are based on what happened in 2020 and what 2021 is going to look like and what needs to look like for your marketing. And then that you have a custom marketing strategy for your business, for your offer created, 
custom Facebook ad strategy ready to go so you know what to implement or you give it to your team to implement. And then you also know, and this is very important, you know your budget and your projections for the year. Because if you don't know that going in, It'll feel like you're just throwing things out there, hoping it works. We're not going to do that this year. You guys know I'm all about that intentional, foundational strategy. And so if you go to 2021marketingplan.com, you can register to get access to that private podcast series, to get access to that pop-up Facebook group. It's going to be amazing. I'm so excited for it. So make sure you go there and sign up. Come join me and I will talk to you guys all on Thursday. Thanks for listening to the Hirsch Marketing Underground Podcast. Go behind the scenes of multi-million dollar ad campaigns and strategies, dive deep into the Hirsch process, and listen to our most popular episodes over at hirschmarketingunderground.com. If you loved this episode of the podcast, do me a favor and head over to iTunes to subscribe and leave a review so we can reach more people and change more lives with this content. That's all for now, and I'll catch you next time.